You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 50, Mold and Universities. Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, Neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Welcome to another episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. We are talking about mold and universities, and I'm sure, Steve, people are going, what does mold have to do with colleges or universities? What's the connection? Uh, Well, there's a lot, but you're the one that, I don't know where you read it or somewhere, but you're the one that said, you should do a podcast about that. And at first, I was like, what do you, why? <laughs> so, yeah, locker rooms, sport athletes. And, yep. yep. And we, uh, you know, we've talked about mold in schools all the time. You know, it's it's obviously similar, but, you know, universities, we're talking about our adult children that are going to university. So, naturally, you don't really think about it, I guess, or have the, the concerns you would with younger children. And so, you know, like, like I said, one of my biggest concerns is, and I see it not as much with universities because I think they keep it hush-hush and away from the media. But you see it with public schools quite often that there's mold issues and the schools are shut down. So... So that's why we decided we were going to do a uh, podcast on that. Well, and I also think parents, uh, you know, worry a lot about sending their kids off to college. They think about, you know, what kind of roommate they're going to have, what kind of classes they're going to have. Are they going to be safe walking around the campus at night? But a lot of parents don't think about, well, when was the last time that university updated the dorm that my child is going to be living in the bathrooms in those dorms, you know, they don't monitor everybody taking the shower and making sure that they're doing things that will prevent mold. So oftentimes the buildings that get the most money on college campuses are where they teach the, the, you know, the stadium for football, but not necessarily the locker rooms for the athletes and not necessarily the dorms where kids sleep and shower and do all kinds of things. So Mold should be on the top of parents' minds as they send their kids to school. And it shouldn't. From what you just said, all the areas you mentioned was more or less where 
where most people can see, like the stadium, you know. Even at the stadium, you mentioned locker rooms. Well, the public doesn't get to go exactly. to locker rooms, so they don't really get to see that. And it's interesting because, you know, I didn't go to college, but you did. You went to Vassar, and so you stayed in dorms. And, and just a question, like, were your dorms, what was the condition of those? Uh, school started in the 1800s, so the dorms were pretty old, and we had co-ed bathrooms, so you have guys showering. So you have a community bathroom? Community bathroom, so people, you know, hair getting in the drain, and then people splashing water, people... So, yeah, all kinds of moisture intrusion events were happening all the time. Well, and I I mean, I know that, you know, you you were 16 when you were there, but did you see, like, mold growth or no? No, no, but I don't, but you know, when you're 16 in college, you're not looking for that. Yeah. Like, you're thinking about the next party you're going to go to that weekend. But, but I, as a parent, I think of those things and I go, I know that they didn't monitor mold growth in the back room of the cafeteria where people were working for pennies on the dollar to cook and clean. So that's an area of concern. I know they didn't update the bathrooms of the dorms very often or even maintain them very often. And when you have, dorms where kids are now now in the fancier dorms now kids have apartments so they're expected to maintain their bathrooms and things and college kids don't necessarily look to prevent mold so you've got even bigger problems when they're living apartment style now yeah yeah so now you know it's funny you mentioned that because i remember we were down in fort collins and they seriously looked like like fancy apartments (laughs) we were on the campus and and you're like, no, those are the new dorms. I, I was, I was kind of shocked. I was like, wow, I, you know, like I said, I never went to college, but I always just envisioned dorms. You know, I figured you'd have a dorm room that you shared with someone, and then you had your own bathroom. And I didn't really realize it until you told me. You're like, no, they have community ones. So, so it is interesting that, you know, these kids are there trying to go to college. They're kind of overwhelmed, and they don't really know much about mold. And so, when they see a mold problem in a bathroom, they're kind of scared to say something. That's the last thing they're going to talk to their parents over. So it's something that, you know, as adults and our listeners, they can talk to their college age kids or even kids in you know high school. They're going to be going to college like, hey, here's, you know, show them some pictures that we post on Facebook or whatever. Show them what mold looks like and, you know, the consequences of mold exposure. Make them, you don't want to put the fear in them, but... You know, just say, hey, this could be making you sick all the time. And, you know, when you have an an issue like that, at least bring it to your parents' attention. Exactly. Because I think there's so many opportunities. I guess my question for you would be, as a parent, how do you inspect for mold when you're only at the college to, like, drop them off or, like, come for parents' weekend? I mean, do you do that on the admissions tour and sort of, (laughs) you know, look around for humidity, moisture issues? I know I would. I I know you would. (laughs) You'd be the one asking them the technical questions, and I'd be doing – I'd have my inspector hat on. And, you know, when you drop your kids off, you know, you you do the tours. um, You know, you drop them off for that emotional weekend, their first weekend, and – you know, hopefully at this point you've talked to them about mold and you've said, hey, if you have mold issues, this is what it can do. Here's what you need to do. Even if you just come to me, you don't have to go to, which I, once again, I haven't been in college, so I don't even know who, who they would go to. You wouldn't like go to the maintenance guy, but, you know, get the awareness out there. But you, when you're there, pay attention. You know, if you have a, if, if you have a child that's an athlete, ask them, like, you know, besides the, 
BO smell in the <laughs> locker room? Like, is there a moldy issue? Like, in the shower areas, there, you know, any mold concerns? Like, pieces of the, the wall tile missing? And just, you know, you're not going to be able to do that. But but have your kids, you know. Just make sure when, when they come home for whatever it is, you know, once a month, or they just come home for spring break, if they have that cough or any mold sickness symptoms, ask them, say, Hey, you know, do you have a mold issue, you know, at the university somewhere? Well, in our, I think of when parents drop their kids off at college, should they be looking at the ceilings to see if there's traces of moisture stains or, or cracks, or should they be looking at the carpets to, I mean, what kind of things can you glance and kind of get a feel for? Well, that, that, that's, that's a great question because when you bring up moisture stains in schools, like I remember being in school and every one of us would know, like, there was always moisture stains in this classroom and this section and we'd, we'd always bet and at the end of the year we'd go, I'll bet it's still there next year. And so when that tile went missing and they replaced it, <laughs> We all thought they maybe fixed the leak up there, but now knowing what I know, all they did was replace that ceiling tile. But yeah, look around for, for, uh, water stains. You know, carpets in dorms and universities, for the most part, it's going to be industrial. And so it just, there's no carpet pad or anything. So there's not a whole lot you'll be able to see there, but look for, for, for water stains. And a lot of it too is smell. Like, once again, we're talking about kids and dorms. So there's probably a whole gamut of smells, but, you can kind of smell mold and just, I mean, don't like go overboard, but pay attention to it when you're there. You know, it's, it's not, it's not that hard to spot if you know what you're looking for. And like I said, suspected mold could be a dark brown, could be green, could be white, could be black. It could be any color. So just be looking for that kind of stuff. What habits do you think that it's important to teach college kids so that they're not adding to a potential mold infestation issue in terms of hygiene, you know, when they use community bathrooms or even their own bathrooms and apartment living style. Well, it's, it's no different than, you know, what we talk about with kids in bathtubs. Um, obviously, there's not bathtubs in dorms, but, you know, if you have a dorm that obviously doesn't have any plumbing fixtures... Make sure, you know, you don't have a child that's using a humidifier all the time. Something to elevate the humidity. If there's a bathroom, you know, have them do like we talk about. Look underneath the sink. You know, when when you're, uh, you know, when you're showering, make sure you're paying attention when you get out of that shower. Look at the walls adjacent to that shower and see if there's water stains. See if the paint's peeling. I mean, there, there's a whole lot. And make, you know, one thing that most people don't pay attention to, I was talking about carpets, Make sure that they obviously have a, a mat that they stand on after they get out of the shower. Because you don't realize it or you don't think about it, even in your own homes. If you get out of the shower or the tub, hopefully there's no carpet in your bathroom, and you're just standing on carpet, every day you just keep giving more and more moisture to that mold or potential mold concern. And it can just, over time, it'll just keep getting worse. So simple things like, you know, when, when they're brushing their teeth, you know, pay attention and just kind of look around while you're brushing your teeth instead of sitting there daydreaming. You know, look around at the ceilings and the walls and just see if there's anything going on. And use the exhaust fan, right? Make sure that's yeah. in use. When yeah, that's, um, for lots of kids forget that. It, it, lots of adults do. It, it's kind of a, it's probably one of the most common misconceptions out there that they think it's a fart fan. <laughs> 
And yes, many of us use it to get rid of odors um, or to mask sounds when you're using the bathroom, especially if you're at someone else's house. But the sole purpose of that fan is ventilation. And people just don't use it. It's just, it's kind of a crazy, not sure how to explain it, but I look at people and I go, really? You don't make sure your kids are using it? Well, they just forget. Well, no. If you don't let them use the shower, then they they can't contribute to a mold issue. Exactly. And trust me, kids want to shower because they don't want to stink. So <laughs> if you tell them they're not going to shower if they don't use that fan, they're probably going to start using that fan. Mm-hmm. So so that's a that reminds me of another thing because I think of college athletes and the the article that I told you about where they had they had a big mold infestation problem in the locker room. With mold. And didn't they have to end up settling or? Yeah, because they didn't take care of it in a timely fashion. But I guess my question for you is, is the mold in a locker room with college athletes an issue because they take all their stinky, like dirty clothes and they stick them in the lockers? Is it because of the shot? Like what, what are the different factors in a, in a athletic locker room situation that amp up the mold? Where's the humidity and the moisture and all that come into play? So so you mentioned the whole, their sweaty clothes. I would hope that they're not putting their sweaty clothes in their lockers, but they probably are. They probably are, yeah. And once you keep doing that, it, once again, it takes 48 hours for mold to start reproducing. So you could, you could just, even if it was just over a weekend, you know, you could have athletes that are more or less creating mold infestation on Monday, they come and they take their clothes out and they're going to go wash them. Or let's just say, this is probably more accurate, all week they're just throwing their nasty wet clothes in there. And then on Friday, they're like, well, I'm going to take it home and wash it or have mom wash it. That whole week, you, you're you more or less creating a mold problem. So then when on Friday, when you go to remove those clothes, those mold spores are up in the air. So there you go. You have all that. Now it could be caused from, you know, any defects in the in the shower areas it could be you know most i would hope most locker rooms their floor is all on concrete so it is carpet industrial carpet but it's over concrete Mm -hmm. which is a good thing um but you can only imagine you know all the athletes walking out of the showers that don't really dry themselves off they just throw a towel around them but they're still dripping water everywhere that water's going into the carpets um, you know, it could be a leaky roof. There's a lot of things in a locker room that could be causing it. And, and it, <laughs> ironically, they don't catch it because it's just a stinky locker room, if yeah. that makes sense. So, you know, the coach, you got the coach's office. And for the most part, as long as he doesn't think there's a concern in his office, he's not that concerned about it. So, so there are, there's a lot of things. And I, I think a lot of it gets overlooked due to the fact that it's a stinky locker room. Exactly. I think a bathroom's similar at homes. They just kind of people just think it's naturally stinky, and if that's if if that's what you you uh, or how you look at it, then that's when you have major mold issues. So yeah, you know, it, like I said, it could be under sinks and locker rooms, just like in a normal bathroom. Well, and don't you think part of it is really reminding your kids that even when they go to college, they should bring a laundry bag and put it in their locker and put their dirty athlete clothes in a laundry bag and then take it with them and do their laundry. Well, and the interesting thing is, so when you say a laundry bag, you know, a lot of us would be like, well, I want to put it in a plastic bag so it doesn't stink. Just remember, it's the same concept of 
uh, you know, like the hamburger uh, uh, experiment we did. We put it in Ziploc bags because we want to keep it contained. But think of your clothes the same way. If you put it in a plastic bag, it has no way to breathe. It's going to be stinky. Not to be rude. Kids probably don't do their laundry as often as they should. Make sure you do have it in like a mesh bag where they can breathe. Okay. But, but yeah, you know how kids are. It's, yeah, they're kids. Kids will be kids, but do make sure it's not a plastic bag because that's a sealed. And you could say, well, it's not completely sealed. Well, it's sealed a lot more than if you have a mesh bag that you just throw it in. Kind of like, you know, we have a clothes hammer and it's a, like a mesh bag that you, you put it in. Exactly. So, so give them good options. What would be your call to action for parents of kids in college? Like I said, I think the biggest thing is awareness and talk to them about it. You know, talk to your, your athletes as far as, and your kids. You know, if you're in a locker room, be looking for this. If you're just a student, be looking for this in a classroom. You know, they could be exposed to it in a classroom also. So be looking around for it. Well, and the final thing is that, and this has more to do with uh, partying on college campuses than anything else, but there is marijuana on college campuses. There, There are situations where... Kids do that sort of a thing. And I know you're reading an article on what, mold? Oh, yeah. So I put it in my notes because, yes, today is 420. Um, and, and, and as it's becoming more and more legalized, I guess, in different states, I was reading an article and it was actually in Colorado how uh, medical marijuana, they, they, they tested for it and they found mold on it. And, you know, most people don't, you know, they don't think about stuff like that, but, you know, I don't know crap about marijuana, but you obviously can smoke it, and now they have edibles. And if if you're eating edibles, you know, whether you're doing it for medical purposes or whatever you're doing it, I don't care. But you need to make sure that, that if you're ingesting that mold, it's no different than, you know, I, I think we did an episode where I said, well, okay, is it normal to have mold on your bread? Well, yeah, but well, do you eat the bread? No. So, so make sure, you know, those of you that, that do things like that, make sure that you are not ingesting mold that, uh, that's going to give you issues. Good final point, especially when it comes to college students and what they might (laughs) do that we don't want them to do. (laughs) Well, and it's tough to stop them when it's legal. I mean, once again, awareness, hopefully you're talking to your kids about the consequences and stuff like that. Absolutely. All right, everybody, please sign up for our email list and be sure to follow us on Facebook. We will talk to you in the next episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Checklist.